Welcome. Hello. You've made a tough shit. Podcast puts your first world problems into perspective. The penultimate episode of Tough Shit. This is episode technically number seven. And since Corey and I agreed to only do eight, so that way we're barely above yeah, I, average. Well, I was I was gonna say yes. Uh, we were gonna talk about that on how we were saying, oh yeah, we're only gonna do this so many episodes, and here's the next date for our next one, and. Sure, shit, we had something come up and we had to cancel our last episode. Sorry. So everyone, <laughs> everyone's probably like, these fucking assholes were serious. They were only going to do so many other. <laughs> so, Done. No, no, we want to do eight because yeah, we, the average is seven. Least, yes. No, I actually, my, so. I, I made well, quick before we, minor resolution of my own. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, this is uh, I, our episode. Is, oh, yeah, because it's ha- it's New Year's. Yeah, it's, well, it's Happy New Year's, It would have been kind of closer to New Year's had we done the episode we were supposed to. Last week. But that's okay. But I resolve to do more than eight episodes. Uh, I already intended, like I said, if you're sitting in that chair or not, I was going to do it anyway. Oh, you'll be me? I told you. I'd put my cat there, and I would talk to her. Okay. Yes. So, by the way, we're your hosts. I'm Corey. I'm Chris. And Corey. Wow, we actually... Nah, nope. Okay, there it is. Go. I'm Chris. All right. Corey. I'm Corey. I'm Corey. Okay. Hey, wait a minute. Oh. All right. Uh, yeah, so you've made it to the show. This is... Uh, Congratulations. Yes, New Year's. Thanks for coming back. Yes. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to touch on resolutions, kind of leaning into the uh, savings and finance side of resolutions for this episode. And yeah, um, you know... New Year is one of those things, and a, a typical resolution is savings. Uh, it's it's always it's something. It's one of the top ones. Maybe look up like people it is. resolutions that people just tend to not actually follow through on, which is most of them. One of the top ones is typically finance or overspending. Yes, and we thought that would be kind of fun. Um, yes, and it, when we get into the, all this with the you know the complaining and the first world problems and all that stuff. Uh, one of the complaints is, I mean, it's it's money. Like, everyone always complains about money, saving it, not having enough. Uh, and it, to me, it's kind of comical with savings and all this stuff in the modern world, in first world uh, settings, is you have a lot of people who are like, oh, my God, I'm so broke, as they drive away in their car talking on the newest iPhone they have. Yep. After, 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 getting, takeout. <laughs> after getting takeout and getting their nails done, they're like, I am so no broke. No shit. <laughs> So I always get a chuckle about that. But yeah, I mean, savings and finance, that's always a first world complaint. That's that that's an every world complaint, honestly. Is I'm trying not to complain too much about it. I'm going to buy a mattress today. <sighs> this is the first Are time you're going to stuff what? all your money in it? No. That's that's an old timey thing. Is it? The mattress is full of money. Why would they put it there? I don't know. When they put it in a safe. I, I, I didn't grow up in the 20s. Or well, whatever. either way, I'm going to buy a mattress. I'm almost 36 years old, and this is the first time I've ever bought a mattress been sleeping on a floor the whole time no i've been sleeping on hand-me-downs in fact i think you gave me the mattress you you gave me the mattress i'm currently sleeping on you didn't give it to me you made what i sold sold it to you like i mean we we paid a couple hundred bucks for it you got a smoking deal yeah it's also Uh, gonna be a queen so is that your kind of personal story that relates to savings and finance or um yeah i guess i didn't think boy and and even my my story story mm-hmm. is more. It's definitely overspending, and I think I'd like to tell you before, kind of partying. So it has more of a, a New Year's bent. Yeah. But as far as personal mm-hmm. resolutions, I've always kind of I've always kind of been in the mindset, and maybe this is wrong. Um, if if I can't keep a resolution normally during the year, mm-hmm. I don't see that what the difference New Year's is going to make. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I I can think of two resolutions that i kept well it was several years ago i resolved not to wear undershirts anymore <laughs> i thought you were gonna say underwear <laughs> no i'm wearing underwear i switched to uh briefs though okay like three years ago pretty comfortable in them but either way i resolved not to wear undershirts anymore and i don't as you can see now i'm wearing one shirt i can see your nipples popping yeah, right through I know. that son of a snake um, and i don't wear white shirts uh-huh and i drink lots of seltzer so yeah, that's the best I can come up I'm with. I'm pretty as much on that too. Uh, with resolutions, 
I've done quite oh, you, a few. I know you do these but weird no, resolutions no. every year. It's I'll, I'll do these resolutions and I, I tell everyone all the time, like this year I'm not eating French fries or I'm not going to play a scratch off or I'm not going to do something. Wasn't it cookies one year, right? Cookies was last year, but I had a falter with that, but that's a side thing. So I remember your fries one. That was, that was tough. That was tough. It was tough to watch you at dinner. Fucking everything. Yes. So, yes, but when I say that, it, that is an easy one because you're not doing something. It is substantially easier, That's in my opinion, point. to not to do something. To actively try and do something. But when you have to do something, uh, that's, to me, even harder. That's the whole, like, well, one of the big things with resolutions, oh, I'm going to exercise this year. You have to do that. You know, if you would get in shape by not doing anything, then yeah. fuck yeah, everyone would be ripped. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's so to not do something, in my opinion, is easier. Uh, as far as this, touching on the finance end of things, uh, <clears throat> for me, I know over the years I have pissed money away on dumb shit. Hmm? Yes. Think, think I, am looking, the- I am looking at a, <laughs> the most tremendous CD collection. I've ever I seen like behind there's a wall of CDs. Corey's yeah. the only reason FYE <laughs> still has a CD section. They don't just sell Iron Man T-shirts. Yeah. Well, when I stop and think about it, this was pretty. Uh, this was pretty eye-opening, and I knew this, but probably 12 years ago, I was at my worst with dumb spending. Five days a week, uh, on my way into work, I would stop and I'd buy a coffee, which is about a dollar. I'd buy a scratch-off, like usually a $5 scratch-off. And at least three of those days a week, I'd buy a can of Skoll or Copenhagen because I still chewed then. And that was around 5 bucks about a decade ago. So that's $45 a week at five days uh, five days a week. 90 bucks every That's $2,340 a year. Wow. And so many people don't, don't think, think about, about it. it. Exactly. I don't think about it. That's the, that's the uh, death by a thousand cuts thing. Uh, now, sometimes I did win on scratch-offs. You'd win $20, but then you would go spend it right away again. So it was – that I would say as far as a spending resolution thing. And that was one of my first resolutions was I'm not going to play scratch-offs for an entire year. And I have done that multiple times. Like, that's Do you a, still do scratch-offs occasionally? This year, <clears throat> I, uh, I quit – I didn't do any last year. And this year, actually, I – I got a regular lotto ticket, and I had money left over, so I was like, fuck it, I can buy one the year's over, and that's the only one I've bought this year. But I don't actively – no, it's a fucking waste of money. Yeah, I, I uh, when I turned 18, I bought a lotto ticket at the vending machine at our local bowling alley. Oh, I think yeah. I bought like one yeah, more the bowling. Yes, the yeah. Bolian. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Speaking of finance, remember all the money they found the walls there? Oh, yeah. I mean, nobody's going to give a fuck about this except for maybe the 11 <laughs> locals who listen to it. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. They found like, what was it, Barrels like $35,000 in, uh, oh, in these drums in coins, only in coins, in yeah, the I, walls of a bowling alley. Yeah, he had silver, like silver quarters. Yeah. Like, 55 gallon drums with silver cords. Yes. That's insane. <clears throat> but yeah, so all that aside, that's kind of the finance resolution sort of thing. Where can I add into. one thing? Because yeah, we'll I have, I don't normally, like I said, don't normally give a shit about resolutions. But especially, you know, and this year, this year seems different, obviously, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. 2020 sucked, blah, blah, blah. And it did. Awful. But so maybe I've just been thinking about it a little more. And like it goes back to when you're saying like okay it's a, it's easier to just not do something than it is to do something yeah but I think the key because I've been seeing a few people do it and I kind of see it with you and me is if you're if you're looking to do something don't be afraid to ask for help doing it mm-hmm. because if you're held accountable to somebody else I personally I yeah. feel like you're more likely to do it like I want to do something like outside of work something creative something fun I want to do a podcast for years yeah you know and. I can't be trusted to do something by myself. Are you kidding me? Like, so now that we're doing it together, and yeah. I'm, I feel accountable you got to me you, to answer too, pal. and we've got easily. I mean, now it's just—it's hard to believe we might have close to twenty people that are going to listen to this. I know, and I—I I feel, feel when you're accountable to somebody else, you're more likely to do it. So don't be afraid to ask for help or somebody to yeah. kind of keep you on track, whether it's working out or yeah, whatever. Yeah, they always say if you're gonna. <laughs> 
<clears throat> exercise to yeah. get a buddy or you know work with a friend or family mm-hmm. member you'll have better results from what that's that's one thing i've heard now wait um let me see if i can figure this out oh on the finance end i looked into this real quick according to experian the average dollar amount of debt in the u.s is two hundred and three thousand for a mortgage for a mortgage okay 35 in student loans 35,000 16,000 in personal loans 19,000 in auto loans 6,000 in credit cards so there's a lot of that's a lot of good reasons to be better with your money I, i obviously at this like mine aren't this is average you know that's insane it is. Well, you said two hundred thousand. I thought that would just be all around. No, that's for mortgages. That's but not. you got to think though. Everyone doesn't live where we do in a house that costs five hundred thousand dollars. Might be the house we're in right now. You know what I mean? Right. Which isn't the case here. Uh, no. <laughs> you get a mansion. No. Five hundred grand around here. You are low, getting low a cost, mansion. Low cost of living. Yes. Don't tell them where we are because mm-hmm. I suppose there was a mass exodus from California right now, right? But I doubt yeah, they're going to come to Buffalo. They're not coming to New York. I doubt everybody's going to leave Not coming to Western New York. And come to Buffalo. We don't but, live anywhere near Buffalo. Well, I mean, we're an yeah, hour and a half away from okay, Buffalo. Okay, well, it's the closest. <laughs> I mean, nobody's. Okay. Western New York. No one's coming to this area. You don't think so? I would be surprised. <clears throat> hey, so, I what? have one thing. Okay. Okay. So. I know I talk about Singapore more than I need to. Uh, I also found, <laughs> hang on, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, not only do I know where it is now, oh, so you, if you're listening, you haven't given us any suggestions yet as far as an intro uh, or an outro. That's why this is so long already. Let's see, four major languages spoken in Singapore. You want to hear them? Okay. English, Malay, probably pronouncing that wrong, Tamil. I, I'm you are nailing these, I'm sure. In Mandarin Chinese. Okay. So I did. Let's see. This is our new <laughs> intro. Ready? All okay. right. Let's butcher it. Do it. Every episode from now on. Let's just stop recording. Let's start over. Ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Okay. That's welcome to tough shit in Mandarin Chinese. Oh, right on. So. Let's get that out of the way. Uh, the, uh, I'm sure our tens of listeners in Western New York right now are just ecstatic. I was pretty that. pumped about that. It's the first time I ever used a translator. <laughs> no, Do those you, are fun. It is. Because I usually just put in obnoxious shit and have it say things to me in foreign I've languages. I've never used one. Ever. <laughs> really? No. The other day I was, re- I was reading a book and they're all fucking French. And yeah. so I knew, like, because for some reason, I don't speak French. I don't know anything about France, but whenever I'm I'm sitting here reading a book silently, whenever something comes up in French, for some reason I feel the need to say it out loud, and I thought I was saying it wrong, so I tried this just to see, and it turns out I was saying all of them wrong. Oh, well, hey, that's good. You have that at your disposal. That's uh, one of those things. Making good use of my phone. We uh, take for granted not right. having an active translator at our fingertips. Do you want to get into our stories? Yes, I was gonna say. Is this an episode of Soft Surf? Or is this a is this a canonical episode? This is the tough shit New Year's finance episode, whatever. Well, Corey, why don't you go first? All right, tell me a story. <clears throat> I will tell you a story. New Year, new you. It's time to lose those holiday pounds and get your shit together. One way you might get your shit together is by saying that you're going to save your money and swear off buying frivolous garbage this year. But by the time February rolls around and you're dropping $80 on a giant stuffed teddy bear for Valentine's Day. That's how much they are. You you can spend a lot on those stupid ass things. Okay. Um, uh, You know that the savings ship has sailed. So what's the next logical step in getting that much needed cash? That's right. You go piss your money away on a stack of scratch offs hoping to hit the big jackpot. And never have to work another day in your life. Isn't that how it goes for everybody who's ever gambled, right? Uh-huh. Their lives turn right around. Yep. But with the odds of getting struck by lightning twice in the same day being higher than winning the lotto, you now find yourself with a pile of losing tickets and in worse financial shape than when you started the year. That's true. Yes. <clears throat> but this isn't always the case. A lucky few managed to pull a golden horseshoe from their ass and hit that white whale of a jackpot. They go on to live their lives of luxury, sipping margaritas on the beach and driving a Lamborghini to their private golf course. Plus, with the thousands of dollars in interest coming in, 
they should be set for life, or so you would think. Today's story takes us to western Pennsylvania, where we meet William Bud Post III, an eerie PA man who hasn't had the best of luck when it came to life. By age eight, his mother had passed away, and shortly after, his father sent him off to live in an orphanage. From there, things didn't get much better. He went through early adulthood, floating around and working odd jobs, like painting, being a short-order cook, laboring, truck driving for a traveling circus, and operating carnival rides. <clears throat> By all definitions, he was mostly a drifter. So he, had, he didn't have any student loans <laughs> to very, worry about. Very doubtful. Okay. He had, he had also gotten himself in and out of trouble a few times. On one occasion, he served time for passing bad checks. So needless to say, he was not good with his money. By age 49, William Post was already flirting with rock bottom. He had been divorced five times, fathered several children, placed on disability for a previous work injury, and only had $2.46 in his savings account. So in an attempt to literally go for broke, he pawned off a gold ring that he had for $40 and sent Ann Karpik, his part-time girlfriend slash full-time landlady, to the store to spend all of it on lotto tickets, which she kindly did. And on the chilly day of February 24th, 1988, the white balls of destiny would drop down like a glorious teabagging that would drop down on Chris's forehead. What the fuck? Why? And, and William Bud Post III would win the main jackpot of the Pennsylvania Lottery. After taxes and splitting the jackpot with another group of people that also had a winning ticket, he would take home a cool $16.2 million. Holy fuck. That's thirty-five point five in today's money. Wow. Yeah, that's just from the 80s. Holy shit. But, yeah, I don't understand inflation. Yeah, it's, it's getting bad. Okay. But, um, from that day forward, William Bud Post III would go on to live a wealthy, peaceful life. Nope, just kidding. Mr. Post's horrible spending practices had no problem adapting to larger amounts of money. After receiving his first of 26 annual payments of $498,000, he had already managed to spend $300,000 on some very wise investments. He bought a state liquor license, an entire used car lot for his brother as a gift, and a lease on a restaurant in Florida for two other siblings. <laughs> but, so, yeah. The, the state liquor license is just for him? Apparently. Like, I don't know if he wanted to open a store. So he didn't or, have a bar. He just bought the license? I think is it's for uh, yeah, him to like drink a, at home? A state liquor license, I know in some states, are very expensive. They are. I know, the, what, like 10 grand or something? In New York, just to have like a, a license for a like a regular beer store is thousands and thousands of dollars but anyway okay sorry um why stop there he decided it'd be a good call to buy a twin prop airplane that he couldn't even fly fuck yeah because right. most drifter carnies have pilot's licenses <laughs> right <laughs> people close to bud said he would erratically buy large quantities of items even if he only needed one of them like from what i gather he would go to a store if he needed a vcr Instead of buying, like, one or two for the TVs in his house, he'd buy 30. Like, just insane amounts of things. But within three months, due to his foolish, impulsive spending and his mooching family, he had managed to get himself into five hundred grand worth of debt. But fear not, because 1989 was right around the corner, and there was another payment queued up for Bud Post to piss away on ridiculous junk. And what better way to spend it than on a $395,000 fixer-upper mansion in Oil City, PA, that needed some serious updating? <laughs> so he's so he's Steve Martin from The Jerk, I guess. pretty much. But that year would prove to be a rough one for old Bud. Shortly into the year, he had gotten a court order against him from his now sixth wife for cracking off a rifle into her Pontiac Firebird. <laughs> but the hits kept coming. His former part-time girlfriend slash landlady had sued Mr. Post for half of his winnings because he had told her at the time he would split the winnings with her when she picked up the tickets for him. Guess he should have hauled his own sorry ass to the store for his fucking lotto tickets. Lazy bastard. All right? But 1989 wasn't done with William Post just yet. Little did Bud know there was more trouble brewing for him. Within the year, having already managed to get on the bad side of his siblings... Bud's now estranged brother, Jeffrey, down in Florida, 
was in the process of hiring a hitman to murder Mr. Post and his sixth wife so he could inherit the lotto money. He's a go-getter. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. He was Make it ma- happen. Making moves. Make it happen. But apparently, Bud's brother wasn't too sharp either because mm-hmm. when I say he hired a hitman, he was really trying to just trade a 26-foot sailboat for the hit job. <laughs> if you guys are looking for a hitman and he's open to bartering, move along. <laughs> yep. However, luckily for Bud, the hitman his brother hired was actually an informant for law enforcement. His brother Jeffrey was soon arrested and sent to prison for the attempted murder plot. Wow. After the attempted murder against him, things really didn't get much better for William Post. The years would drag on, bringing nothing but more debt and foolish spending, shitty friends, and the still ongoing court case involving his winnings. But alas, in 1992, the lawsuit was settled, and Bud Post was forced to pay one-third of his winnings to his old landlady, Ann Carpick, to which he instantly refused to do. (laughs) And the judge swiftly ordered his lotto winnings frozen until the matter was resolved. Now consumed with crippling debt and no lottery money coming in, William Post was forced to max out the mortgages on his mansion and sell a bunch of useless crap. During this time frame, a toothless William Post was noted as aimlessly wandering around his disheveled 16-room mansion that was adorned by broke-down cars, plywood windows, and a swimming pool full of garbage. He would tell any visitor to the mansion that he was a happier man when he was broke. But broke or not, Bud had debts to pay and hardly any money to pay them. On one occasion in 1992, A debtor was on Bud's doorstep looking to get paid for some automotive work he had previously done when he was greeted by Mr. Post pointing a shotgun at him. Bud decided shooting at his debtor and peppering the man's car with buckshot was the best course of action in getting the man off his property. (laughs) Believe it or not, Bud got arrested and charged with assault over that stunt. Staring into self-induced financial and legal oblivion, William Post had one more ace up his sleeve to turn things around. By 1996, in an attempt to clear all of his debts and get a fresh start, he sold his mansion for 65 grand. That he originally bought for $395,000? Yeah, so whoever got that got a steal. Uh, and he auctioned off the remaining lottery payments for $2.65 million, which is a far cry from the $16.2 million he started with. Now, Bud would finally be free of his financial nightmares and have a little cash to boot. So what better way to celebrate this newfound freedom than by fleeing to Mississippi to avoid his assault charge in PA and spending most of his money on two houses, a new truck, three more cars, two Harley Davidsons, a luxury camper, two big screen TVs, several computers, and a $260,000 sailboat. Brilliant. <laughs> like, Could just- he sail? I'm guessing, maybe. So, yeah. What the fuck? It would that... be <laughs> it would be 2 years later in 1998 while on that very sailboat down in Mississippi that Bud was finally arrested and ultimately forced to go serve his jail time for the assault charge. He was eventually released and went on to live out the remainder of his days in Western PA with his seventh wife and hardly any money with his only income being small disability checks. In 2006, he would pass away at age 66 from respiratory failure. William Bud Post III had his financial prayers answered, and within 10 years managed to spend all of it on absurd shit, lose friends, alienate family members, almost get assassinated, get arrested, and go to prison, all over a free pile of cash. One might say, that's rich. So next time you're squawking about money, thinking how a lottery windfall would solve all of your problems, just keep in mind that all that free cash comes with a different kind of price tag. Being smart with what money you have now is a far more uh, is far more valuable than the millions you think you're going to win. Because if you're not good with twenty dollars in your wallet now, you probably won't be good with twenty million dollars later. That's good advice. Yes. So but, that was, and unfortunately, like researching this, that that's the story. But researching this, most seventy percent of lottery winners like are broke within ten years. I believe it. I mean, because okay, 
typically, if you're well-to-do, you're not playing the lottery. And so you're the people good who are winning, yeah, the people mm-hmm. who are winning the lottery just get it, and mm-hmm. it's all relative. If they're yeah. spe- if they have a small amount of money and they're spending all of it, and then you get a large amount of money, you're gonna spend spend all, all of, it. of it. But look and at the look at the legacy this guy left, though. I yeah, mean, he's on a <laughs> fucking podcast now. Well, you know, and it's easy to pick on him for being a moron, but really, if you don't learn at a young age how to responsibly manage your finances and your life for that matter, you're gonna usually end up. Uh, alone broker in jail so you know to pick on the guys it's easy it's funny yeah. yeah it's easy but like seeing where he came from like he clearly clearly had a shit deal in life but that doesn't mean some of the decisions he made were <laughs> i don't know if some you know everybody yeah everybody's just like what would you do if you won the lottery and i everything you just said oh, that, that would, would be, be my you? answer oh yeah. fuck yeah <laughs> yep i blow it all on planes and boats yep uh, I, yeah, you start your. I could see you buying your own island and making it like a fantasy island. Oh, you don't mean like, like the theme park. hire a like, bunch of actors to, to play be, out my favorite fantasy books? Elves and wizards. That, that's a fucking nightmare, though, because I gotta feed them. Yeah, I gotta clothe them. They probably need wages. Actually, well, I mean, do own I do own an acre of the, the Pacific Ocean. So do you? That's right. Yeah, yes. I bought you that for Christmas. Yes, several years ago. Corey uh-huh. and I are proud owners. We each owned before you couldn't do this anymore. Apparently, uh, yeah, some weird thing. We each own an acre of the Pacific Ocean. Yep. So I'm gonna go Ooh. put my houseboat on it, and yeah, <laughs> that, that's a piss away lottery. And it's kind of funny that this story happened. You know, I, I picked this story because uh, right now. I think the Mega Millions is like seven or eight hundred million dollars. No shit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was it was kind of nice, and I know we were talking about resolutions and what thing to do, but I realized this kind of trailed off into lottery and spending money. But it's it's spending. Like, oh yeah. It's poorly spending your money. Um, you know, it, it, and money doesn't always solve your problems. There's more to life than it, but it, it'll make some if things smart easier. With it, it can be, yeah. Yes. I mean, I can honestly, and I'm not going to pick, I can honestly say, it, I'd say within the last, like, probably only like last, like, six, seven years. Yeah. They start getting actually better. getting better. Oh, yeah, I agree. And getting to a point where we're relatively <clears throat> responsible, mm-hmm. not just blowing all of it on booze on weekends yep. and eating out every day and... Yeah, yeah. Going to the movies every other day. We would go to the movies every Sunday, even if it was something we didn't want to watch. shit movie. We would watch movies over again just because we <laughs> yep. thought that's what money was for, uh-huh. was to go to the movies. Yeah, when you're still, like, camping out in your parents' house at 19, 20 years old, like, What the fuck it. else are you spending? Yeah. What, are you going to save it for college? Uh-huh. I don't have any fucking <laughs> college debt, and look at me. I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> so, I guess if, if you don't, uh, really, if you don't have yourself in, like, good or try to have yourself in good mental and physical shape, your financial shape is usually in the same boat. Yeah. I, it's all related. Oh all yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, so yeah, so no one's perfect and appreciate what you got and just try to be smart with your finance. I guess this is the moral. No, of that that's one. good. That's good advice. So that was, uh, that was my quick little story for resolution finance, whatever we're going to call this episode. I'm really glad that you stayed on track. Because <laughs> I got a little off. Oh, what? Um, you... And in an effort to be as, like, because I know you said kind of stay away from, like, 80s. I stayed away by almost 2,000 years. So Safe, safe bet. Yep. This takes place <laughs> in the year 4,000. Wow. No, For- I'm kidding. It doesn't. I was going to say, yeah, that doesn't f- make sense. No. Fuck, like, it's just, what? no, no, like 60-ish CE or AD or ADE. It's always different now. How many okay. thousands of years ago was that? Huh? Almost 2,000. I said that. Can okay. you hear me? Yeah. Oh, I thought you said it was 2,000. About 2,000. 2,000-ish years? I mean, right now it's 2,021. Well, okay, so it's <laughs> anyway, for God's sake, it's a long time ago. We're going to try this one with glasses. All right. And uh, see if that uh, helps into me everything. not stumble fuck my way through this. Knocking shit over. So I named this one, this story. It's called The House of Golden Showers. <laughs> and that, that's the title you wanted to go with. Yes, because, and this is not intentional. I know that we've only done. What have we done? Like, this is the fifth real episode? Something like Seventh that. Seventh all around? This is the third story that has public sex in it. 
Wow. I didn't even mean to. You are you got something. You got a little I don't know. I don't know. There. I don't know. Okay, you ready to give it a go, though? <laughs> You're not traveling on. much anymore, so you don't get to go jerk off in public restrooms as often. It's just, yeah, this this, this past year just hasn't been the same. But I've gotten a lot less um, public exposure tickets. Oh, that, so that good. saved me some money. So all, so oh, Ken all comes that's around. That's your, your finance, yeah. Yeah, so now, since I can't do that anymore, I have to write public sex history stories. All right, let's It's not it. all public sex. Okay. House okay. of golden showers. When I think of New Year's, I think of three things. Partying, soon-to-be-broken resolutions involving fiscal responsibility. See, got it in there. Hey, there you go. And Christians being burned alive to light the way for Roman party guests like ancient and very noisy street lamps. Oh, and orgies that might kill you. Those two. What does any of this have to do with New Year's? Very little, other than the partying and the overspending. That and today's topic inevitably must have fallen on New Year's Day at least a few times, as this particular party lasted for years. This is nuts. My own drunken little corner of this episode is not just a party, but a place, and also a man. The place is the Domus Aurea, the, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, the infamous Roman party palace, and the man is Emperor Nero, perhaps the most notorious ruler in the history of Rome. And I'm going to butcher a lot of these names. Just so you know. Nero, that was the fiddle player? Is it yes, but we'll get into that oh, because okay. apparently uh, the bowed string instrument uh-huh. was not, wasn't was invented for like 800 years after that. Oh. But he did like music. Oh, you know, that's like uh, one of my favorite albums, The Age of Nero from Satyricon. I'm sure everybody knows what that is. <laughs> Thanks for adding to my story. Look so. it up. <laughs> You're trying to plug metal albums. I'm trying to get people to listen to hardcore history. All right. (laughs) So, the Domus Aurea, or the Golden House, was an unfathomably large landscape palace of debauchery, or an enormous public works project, depending on who you talk to, that covered anywhere from 100 square acres to 300 square acres. This was a place that, with a very express purpose, to entertain and to awe. Construction began in 64 AD, immediately following the disastrous fire of the same year that, conveniently for Nero, cleared out a couple hundred acres of space in the center of Rome. Nero, fifth emperor of Rome and a member of the Julio-Claudian dynasty. Named after taking the throne, Nero, Claudius, Caesar, Augustus, Germanicus. I tried to come up with a name for you. Oh, a a Roman. uh... I couldn't do it. It's fucking nuts. Everybody's name is like a minute long. All right. So that was that's the name he took after he took power. He took power in 50. Oh, God. Well, there's. Yeah. 54 A.D. At the tender age of 16, Nero was made ruler of the greatest empire on the planet at the same age as when I was trying to convince my mom to let me switch to boxers. And that grand. <laughs> and that grand theft. DVDs are really tight on my scrotum. <laughs> Them. <laughs> Why the fuck did they make white like kids wear white underwear? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so yes, at an age that I was trying to convince my mom to let me switch to boxers, and that Grand Theft Auto Three really wasn't going to send me tail spinning into a life of crime. Sure about that? Well, look where I am. <laughs> now, before we get into the Golden House itself and all the super sticky, gross, rich asshole stuff they got up to there, let's get a brief idea of how our man Nero got to be standing on the ashes of a recently burned Rome with visions of essentially an ancient Studio 54 taking the place of the hundreds of acres of buildings that were lost. Before assuming the role of emperor, Nero was named, here's another one, Lucius Domitius Ahenobarbus. Born on the 15th of December, 37 AD. And anybody who thinks that that's supposed to be C-E. You can tell me about it. I'm not really sure. I didn't even know that was a thing. There's B-C-E, C-E, A-D. It's, yeah. But we're going to go with A-D for this one. It's all hogwash to me, boy. They never washed hogs back there. (laughs) Okay. He was born to an ambitious, domineering, and overprotective mother. It's a tale as old as time, and one that likely some of our listeners will have heard before, and maybe even know someone who had a similar upbringing. Mom is a beautiful but treacherous and violent wretch who was banished to a Mediterranean island with her sister and young son by her own brother. As we all know, she later returns to marry her uncle, who has in the interim become emperor, convinces him to adopt her son Nero, only to later poison her own husband and secure the throne for her, barely through puberty, young child. 
That glowing youth, brimming with potential, marries his stepsister, becomes the most powerful living thing in the world, and within a few years murders his own mother. Has a succession of five wives, murders at least two of them himself, develops a taste for creatively killing Christians, and participates in nearly daily orgies. And finally, like any other guy or gal that's found themselves in this position before or after, the young emperor is forced to flee Rome in desperation barely after his 30th birthday, only to end his own life by repeatedly stabbing himself in the neck. I know like four people that I know. To, right? That's what said. <laughs> <laughs> Who can't relate? <laughs> That's I said. That is fucked. <laughs> I know. That is just whack. Uh, gifting a twenty-three and me to the Julio Claudian family would likely provide a likely or a lively time. Ugh. Anyway, now obviously I may be skimming a little bit over a very, very deep, lengthy, and complicated history, but today we're going to focus on the nitty gritty, the fun stuff. We are here for the party and the overspending. I want to stress that. Keep this that is as the, the highlight. This is the financial episode. Okay. Okay. But. Back to the party. So, here's the bare minimum of what you all should know before we delve into the Golden House and all the fun to be had therein. Emperor Nero is a notorious figure, hated by many, but mostly by others in power who were disgusted with his endless spending of money on public works projects, theaters, arts, and entertainment. The lower classes, however, so like to... our governor. Oh, yeah, there's... <laughs> the... in, in researching this and reading all about, like, you know, turn of the millennia of yeah, yeah. Rome... The, just, it's just what's going on changes, now. But <laughs> yep, the lower classes, however, seemed to worship the man and were in awe of him even after his disgraceful death in 68 AD. Beyond that, Nero was a notorious drunk who allegedly visited the Golden House every day from 64 AD to 68 AD when curiosity got the best of the young emperor and he opened himself up like a stretch Armstrong to see what was inside. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Corn yep. syrup? Corn like, I mean, I know we've, I know you and I, when we do our murder-suicide, we're going to use bows. But this fucking guy stabbed himself in the neck and didn't cut his throat. Stabbed himself in the neck until that's, he was dead. Yeah, that's some commitment there. No shit. Yeah. Like I said, he was a, he was a doer, as I'm going to show you right now. Yeah, what a guy. <clears throat> so, on to the Golden House itself. The Domus Aurea. The Golden House was enormous. This was essentially a party palace that was the size of a small town. And when I say palace, I don't mean a single building. The Domus Aurea consisted of several buildings, parks, roads, and walkways, theaters, an artificial lake, a navigable, not sure if I'm saying that right, it's to navigate. <laughs> a, na navigable. a navigable, man-made canal, bathhouses, and of course, the Flavian Amphitheater. The name, the Golden House, comes from the ludicrous amount of gold leaf that decorated these buildings. Palaces, bathhouses, all of it. And not just gold, but walls adorned with semi-precious stones, jewels, marble, ivory. Elaborate and sweeping mosaics were cast across the ceilings, which was a remarkable choice at the time when mosaics were typically relegated to remain under patrons' feet. The Domus Aurea was an astounding feat of engineering, and for all for what I describe as a playground of vice. Think of this place as the world's first amusement park. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you weren't a Christian and you could go that here. That place was great. Oh, boy. Yeah. Whoo. So, <clears throat> but where is to say at Six Flags, you may enter its gates with a promise of draft beer, cotton candy, roller coasters, and maybe a bout of diarrhea in a changing room. <laughs> Which Speaking is the worst from experience? Well, because you get out because you're not dry. You're just on a water slide. So and G force is sucking it right out of you. Get off that! Get off the roller coaster! Like, where's your changing room? I always got a stomach ache on water slides or when I went to the library. Never failed. The library. Yep. Gives you a stomach ache. I was a kid. I get a stomach ache at the library. Do you still get them now? I haven't been in the library in a while. I'm taking you. Oh, why? So you want me to poop in the library? <laughs> Okay, anyway, so, yeah, when he entered the Golden House, promises ran more toward getting seriously wine drunk, witnessing several people die horribly, excessive nudity, and a pretty, pretty high probability of being involved in public sex. Okay, first things first, before we venture too far into the domicory on an empty stomach, how about a stop at one of several dining rooms found throughout the Golden House? This is super cool. Um... One of two in particular that were purposefully placed under a massive domed building with an intentional hole in its center to allow in light that was re then reflected 
into the adjacent dining halls. Like, like it's like Indiana Jones, the mirrors and the caves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, at least right. that's how I pictured it. Yeah, I pictured. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this stuff is like Indiana Jones, <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, here we are. Not only that, but um, engineers designed the ceiling underneath the dome to be rotated by a hidden mechanism operated presumably by slaves. On a side note, if the mechanism were ever to malfunction, then guests were encouraged to very quickly consume any and all wine within easy reach, and the ceiling tended to start spinning again. <laughs> all on its own. Yeah, that's the best I could do with that. Uh, add to this even smaller mechanisms that would spray perfume into the dining rooms and onto the merrymakers, and were really just a short jump, minus the booming generic EDM, to eating dinner high as balls at a damper crombie and fish. <laughs> Which just sounds distracting. Like, you imagine yeah, if you were that, eating dinner, that would be taxing on the senses. And I'm just standing there spraying you with cologne, getting your mouth fucking <laughs> drunk shit. as shit, high as balls, just. But, well, I gotta imagine that people didn't bathe a lot. Yeah. So probably that was a thing I thought B.O. was. Uh, oh, well, the lot of bathhouses. Yeah. And there were several bathhouses <laughs> there. But either way, um, as if this meal needed to get any more trippy. Keep in mind that during all of this, rose petals are periodically falling in plumes from the ceiling. One story of an evening meal in this room alleges that while eating, a guest was overcome by a cloud of rose petals (laughs) and, at an unfortunately timed inhale, choked to death on the innocent flowers. I don't mean to laugh, but holy fuck. I know. Well, it's fucking ludicrous. That, the, yeah, that that amount of spending is... I laugh so hard reading, re- reading about this stuff. I shouldn't have, but... Dude, I'll have to show you the yeah. tabs I had open for this fucking wow. story. I got on a Reddit thread about how long it takes a body to burn. What? From oh, this? Yeah. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> so, as if the relatively high chance of being a victim of the poisonings that not too infrequently occurred at Roman banquets weren't enough already. Wow, that's enough of that. We've made it through dinner with our lives intact. Perhaps a stroll through the park will clear our wine-addled heads. Maybe a good vomit first, though, as a compliment to the chef. Vomitorium? It It was, after all, the custom at the time for wealthy aristocrats at Roman banquets to eat so much they would regularly vomit the majority of their food back up. I've heard that. I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking... It's so fucked up. That's ridiculous. just... As an example of just like this is how much we have to spend, we don't give a fuck. Like, yeah, I'm gonna just eat and eat until it just comes back out. I think they uh, touched on that in one of the Hunger Games books. Oh, really? When they go to the super rich city, oh, when they there. go to the capital. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, I'm so full," and they're like, "Oh, we'll just throw up, and then you can eat more." It's fucking gross. That's, that is gross. It's not how eating works. Yeah, no. They need a resolution to not eat so much. <laughs> Stop with the excess. So they're vomiting all. <laughs> Ah, so you've you've thrown up, and that's more like it. Let's get outside for some fresh air. How about a stroll down to the lake? A little dark, though, isn't it? Oh, wait a minute. Yes, that's better. They've lit the street lamps for the evening. Noisy things, and oh, that smell. Well, well, let's just focus on the splendor they reveal. And what splendor it was. Immaculately landscaped parks. Zigzagging walking paths. Canals winding their way to the man-made lake. I lost my spot. <laughs> All right. So we're on the, uh, uh, the man-made lake that was itself fed by far-reaching aqueducts. But what the fuck is that smell? <laughs> oh, that's right. It's those street lamps I mentioned earlier. See, all this nighttime spectacle came at a cost. And that cost were some very real human lives. Nero's hatred of Christians was no secret. In fact, The fire that devastated much of Rome in 64 AD and cleared the very space needed for the Golden House was blamed on Christian agents. Who alleged that Christians started the blaze that killed thousands? Nero, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Swell guy. Oh, yeah. Even though it was widely speculated that Nero himself ordered the blaze started. Hence the adage, Nero fiddled while Rome burned that you mentioned. Oh, yeah. Yes. I've heard that. Yep. Yep. Because he was excited. He was really pumped. But yeah. it turns out he wasn't actually in Rome at the time. Oh. But they still figure that he had it done. Had a had a hand in it. Either way, regular persecution of Christians was nothing out of the ordinary, as they were almost daily arrested, beaten, tortured, and executed. In fact, mass burnings of Christians in the Golden House was seen as entertainment. Ugh. Mm-hmm. But the street lamps took this sickening disregard for human life even further. 
There are accounts of Emperor Nero strolling the parks of the Domus Aurea at night, his path being lit by human torches. Ugh. Yeah, seriously. That's fucked. Mm-hmm. Wow. Live Christians strung up on poles, wrapped in kindling and set ablaze. This is where it came into, like, I was trying to figure out how long a body Oh, the red, yeah, yeah. It depends on the fuel and the size of the body. But figure anywhere, either one or two hours for a smaller person, three to four hours for a larger person. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Super fucked up. If even this was something that revelers could stomach, then perhaps the next stop on their demented 100-acre party would be the man-made lake, where at daylight, guests could kick back and enjoy the full-scale naval battles that were staged upon the water for their amusement. But with the sun having retired for the evening, and thus the naval battles withered, it would be a very different seaman making waves in the park. That's right, my friends. That is my masterful segue to orgies. The fuck pool. I got a few puns in here today. Okay. So, I was a little disappointed when, after reading into it a little more, I slowly came to the realization that orgies in Rome didn't occur with quite the regularity that I had had in mind. The Roman orgy was less can't walk across the street without getting off on the backs of 11 naked strangers, and more, yeah, it happens, but... Not super often, and what it is happening, it's probably at a Bacchanalia, and those dudes are practicing ritualistic animal sacrifice and occasionally murdering guests. So, an orgy? Eh, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) When you're looking up orgy on Pornhub... This type doesn't show up. I know. Oh, no. I don't know. I did did find a site on modern orgy etiquette, (laughs) which was interesting. Uh... (laughs) So... Though maybe not taking place as often as I would have liked for the sake of spicing up our podcast, orgies did happen. And in a place like the Golden Palace, where everything was turned up to 11, post-banquet, post-banquet vomiting wasn't the only bodily fluid making a splash. Jesus <laughs> uh, Halfway through this, like, fuck, my parents are going to listen to this. <laughs> new year, new you, buddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Okay. What's the most (laughs) fucked up thing I can tell a story about? (laughs) So, groups of of marauding guests, wine drunk and horny, wandering the paths of the most richly manicured park in all of Rome, lit by the warm glow of burning Christians. We're ready to get out of those togas and work up a sweat that really give one of the local bathhouses a run for its money. And who was banging harder and weirder than anyone else? That's right, Nero. Now, to avoid me having to say allegedly ahead of every other sentence coming up ahead here, let's just recognize that this is ancient history. And there is some hearsay and speculation. <clears throat> the, that grain, will... the grain of salt factor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> yeah speculation that's going to uh-huh. kind of accompany some of these alleged good times. Um, Emperor Nero had, well, yeah, the, the good times he had with his guests. That being said, let's dive in. First, some context. Nero is the emperor of the entire Roman Empire. This is a position that was expected to be practiced with a certain decorum, at least publicly. Second, the parks found inside the Domus Aurea were engineered works of art, bringing the beauty of nature and wilderness into the heart of a grand city. So, to put it into perspective, like the fucked up shit that Nero got up to in the Golden House, picture the President of the United States, wine drunk in Central Park, tearing his clothes off, and masturbating onto the back of a tiger while a group of half-nude senators cheer him on. Which, who knows, something similar could be happening out back of the White House right now. <laughs> I was going to say. Like, that's probably not too far never away. Know. Like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Nero was notorious for his love of orgies, and given the state of dress among guests and servers alike, very little down to practically nothing, a spontaneous bout of stinky group sex wasn't really that far of a stretch. Nero may not... Nero may have squandered an insane amount of money on his own entertainment, committed matricide, fratricide. I think I got that wrong. That's supposed to be uxtricide, which is killing your wife. Okay. Okay. Um, And a bunch of other sides. And had thousands of innocent Christians put to the torch. But in the carnal realm, he was a very open-minded progressive. (laughs) What a guy. <laughs> Trying to bring him back. Yeah. Nero was a known bisexual, in addition, and in addition to his wives, even reportedly married two of his male servants. Of course, he apparently castrated both of those servants, but progress comes with a price. And, 
<laughs> and you can't make an omelet. Real, real progressive this guy is. <laughs> you can't make an omelet without cutting some balls off. Ugh. Orgies involving Nero could become quite the production. Sometimes Nero, who was a fan of the theatrical, would dress himself up in animal skins and be put into a cage. And this sounds wild, but I read this a bunch of different places. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> Sometimes Nero, who was a fan of the theatrical, would dress himself up in animal skins and be put into a cage. Other participants in, this sec- in these sexcapades, both male and female, would then be tied to posts in front of the cage. Nero, still draped in the furs of dead animals, would escape from the cage and have his way with whomever was tied to the posts. Super fucking weird, but admittedly far more innocent than using human beings as lamp oils. Yeah. What the fuck? I know. I know. And... The whole time, this is all on the public's dime. Everybody knows this, too. Yeah. This is just out in the open. There's paintings <laughs> of, like, naked people this, watching Christians burn. Scenes, yeah. Yes. It's wild. So, almost true. Hang in there, Corp. Okay. Now, maybe... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the one who's hanging on here. I'm barely hanging on. I can't wait to read something else. Now, maybe not everyone's evening at the Domasoria was going to get quite that wild. But regardless of where you may have spent your spunk, come morning, the only pounding you'd be getting up to was likely to be in the front of your skull. I'm no stranger to the occasional hangover, but the epic, eye-bulging, stomach-churning Roman hangover after a night spent at the Golden House must have been truly something. And in a, and in a party palace sporting 300-plus rooms, none of which were sleeping quarters, who knew where you were going to wake up? But when you did come to, most likely with a mouth tasting like stale Roman vino and maybe some rose petals and perfume. <laughs> if you didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> a, on a different kind of daytime reverie awaited. Admittedly, some guests may have needed a day or two in bed followed by an hours long bath. But for those looking to rally with a bit of hair of the, a bit of the hair of the dog, we'll end our stay at the Golden House with a trip to the Flavian Amphitheater. And if that, which, you know, if it, that doesn't sound familiar, um, then it's renaming in the Middle Ages, well, the Colosseum. Mm. I didn't know it was called the Flavian Amphitheater. I, I didn't know it was, that. Yeah. I am, of course, picturing a hungover day at the Colosseum as like the Roman equivalent of a Netflix binge. The, you know, Eating at, McDonald's. Yeah, you're laying around. on a couch. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But with maybe less CG blood and more practical effects on display. <laughs> Now, this story, as is becoming the norm, has already gone on far longer than I intended. (laughs) But let's at least take a brief look at the fun to be had inside the world-renowned Coliseum. I understand that most of us have a pretty good idea of the crazy shit that went down in this arena. But can you imagine actually being there? Like, think about it. There's no equivalent now. No. No. Like, why? Well, wouldn't they, like, put tigers out and have people just, like, fight them hand-to-hand? Fight a tiger? Let's see. I got some of them wrote down here. Stadium could be filled up with water upon which slaves were forced to fight ship to ship. Full-scale battles raged and the blood was real. Chariot races were lent some very real gravity when they occurred under a hail of arrow fire. And Christians, who really do keep getting the short end of the stick in this story, were fed alive to lions in front of thousands of screaming, drunken Romans. Hangover abated and bloodlust satiated, we leave the Colosseum with doggy bags filled with stuffed sow's wombs. No that way. That was real. Uh, oh, yeah. Have a sow wound. Yeah. Uh, it's time to go home. Crowds slowly file past the 30 meter tall, I think that's about 120 feet. Uh, yeah, by three. Yeah. Right? Um, uh, the 30-meter-tall, all-bronze statue of Emperor Nero on their way out of the gates, his gaze following them as they shuffle by, looking almost as always about to wink and say, see you next time. Wow. And that's it. That's the that entire is, history of the Domasoria. That is uh, quite a, uh, a cautionary tale of living in excess. See, if that guy that won the lotto had taken a different path, <laughs> Thousands of people could have died. Probably so kind of worked out for him. <laughs> Luckily, he just squandered it on dumb shit <laughs> and made bad calls and not murdered thousands of people. He was a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. But if In reading this, like all these, it's so dramatic. All these families were like, you had to look out for family members. Like there was a good chance somebody was going to poison you or 
you know, stab you to death. They all, it wasn't good. Yeah, being being in power back in the days of all the Roman emperors was not a good time. From this guy was a little bit. I've looked into it. Yeah, although there there are some scholars, I guess, that say he actually did do some good Mm -hmm. for Rome, like through his public works and all that. Like a lot of modern politicians. Yeah. Well, I guess they'll give <laughs> they, some of them. They try, but they usually just suck. Fail miserably. Yeah. They piss your money away and do dumb shit. But he just, oh, there's, he killed, he killed one of his wives. Pregnant wife. Kicked her so hard in the stomach. Killed her and the kid. Jesus. He's just an awful person. Yeah, that sounds horrible. So, I guess what I'm saying is, don't feel bad about parties. <laughs> <laughs> so... I don't, know how to, I don't know how to bring this around. This is quite the segue. Hey, here's a resolution on uh, finance. Stop feeling guilty about Nero parties. Nero was a fucker. He was uh, a miserable wretch. I did really enjoy uh, reading this. especially And, like, oh, my God. It was just awful. What like, was, was there any sort of monetary value they had tied to all I of that? I tried, like, hell to figure out what this would be with inflation and all that. Mm-hmm. But it pretty much, like... It practically brought Rome to its knees. He spent so much money. After he killed himself, it wasn't long before, like, this. a lot of this was demoed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they they took the gold flakes off, the uh, the precious jewels, everything, like, off walls and sold them. Yeah. Like, they had to recoup a lot of money. It sounds it. And it wasn't that long after before. Like, now you can go, you, you can see this now. Mm-hmm. But most of it's buried. It's been so long. Wow. Like, speaking of Indiana Jones, they didn't actually discover uh, the room I was talking about, like, the, the dome and all that. Yeah. Uh, guy was walking, and the ground went out from under him, and he dropped into a hole, and he's in this room. So When was this? Oh, God. I don't know, 50s? It oh, wasn't, so it wasn't not that, not that it long wasn't ago. That long okay. Ago. And if I'm wrong, 20th century. Sorry. Yes. Oh, shit. Recent. Wow. But you can go tour this stuff now. It's pretty cool. Wow. That yeah. is, uh, man, I, I had like, oh, okay. I know that we're probably going to go over here. So, yeah, stuffed sow's wombs. They also would eat stuffed snails, wild boar udders, Ugh. fried dormice. Is that a bird? I don't know. And peacock tongues. That sounds just delicious. Man, man I, what I wouldn't give for a peacock tongue. Right now, I'm hungry because it's I know, it's lunchtime. lunchtime. It is Woo! lunchtime. I'm starving. Yeah, I'm withering. Look at me, I'm withering away here. Yeah, you're just disappearing in front of me. <laughs> so, well, <clears throat> that was very interesting. That uh, was very horrible. I know. <laughs> you might say it was uh, some and tough shit to listen to. I'm not proud that the reason I found this story and decided to do it was I first read about the human torches and thought about Monty Python. <laughs> Life of Brian. Yeah. And it kind of went from there. Uh so, so I believe that's the episode. I think that's it. I think um, we've covered New Year's. Yeah. If uh, if you enjoyed this, uh, keep uh, give us a follow and a listen and all that. We do have an Instagram. I forgot to mention that at the beginning of the show. Uh, it's TS Podcast Official. If you would like to give us a follow over there and kind of keep up to what we're doing. Uh, other it. than that, it's... Yeah. I think we covered it. This That's is it. now a financial podcast. We're <laughs> in a roundabout way. Covers strictly financial history from now on. <laughs> in a roundabout <laughs> way. That was kind of financial. Uh, uh, but no, I, I I think that the whole uh, resolution thing is, uh, like you said, it's, it's always uh, it's a, it's a tough thing to stick to and all that. But. It is. So, yeah, save your money, kids. Don't be an idiot because – we were idiots for you, so you don't have to. I'm still not out of the woods. Ah, yeah. <laughs> still like to buy dumb shit yeah. occasionally. We're still here. Yeah. So, so, thanks for listening. This was awesome. Had a lot of fun. And yeah. we'll see you next time. And by next time, I'm not giving you a date. Yeah. Because we'll who see the fuck you, knows? We'll see you in a couple weeks. Hopefully, we'll have an episode of Soft Serve. Yeah, Soft Serve. We're going to tr- shoot for an Ooh. episode of that. Yeah. And we're not. Okay. I know we can't say what we're going to do for the next full episode in a few weeks here but i'm very excited about it and it has as this was i mean yours was was what that i mean mine was just horrible and depressing <laughs> so our next topic without giving away has the potential to be kind of almost up, uplifting and i'm sure we'll find stories yes. that make that go to hell well i'm gonna try not to <laughs> i'm sure you are as always 
coming to you live from Singapore. Ah, we're not I'm in Corey. Singapore. We're in goddamn Western New York. Okay, but if you are listening, <laughs> seriously. Um, Write Chris a love letter so he'll shut the woo, fuck up. Yeah, for Valentine's Day. <laughs> and whatever your sign-off is, that's what we'll sign the podcast off as from now on. In your in whatever native tongue you speak, so... Because I can, yeah, I can do Mandarin Chinese and the other two I can't yeah, pronounce he, on the he, phone now. Yeah. So <laughs> reach out, buddy. I'm here. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks Hope you enjoyed listening. the show, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.